Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. I'm Kevin. He's Joe Smeltzer, Nittany Sports Now's beat writer for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Joe, we got a good one on our hands. We're about 10 days away from the start of Penn State's college football season. We've got college football on Saturday coming at you, and we got one more game to preview Michigan State. Yeah. Um, it's the last game of the year, uh, back, we're back to having, uh, that land grant tradition, you know, of being played the, uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving. And this year it's going to look a little different being played, not in state college or East Lansing. It's going to be played in Detroit at Ford field, home of the Detroit lions, which you would think would give Penn state an advantage, right? They don't have to deal with, uh, Nicole Weber playing on the road. They'll have Detroit's a pretty decent size of uh, Penn state alumni base. Um, if I have my facts right. Uh, so yeah, that should help out Penn State. And Penn State also should have a better team than Michigan State. And that doesn't hurt either. So yeah, it's uh land grant weekend is always fun. I think it's a bit of a manufactured rivalry, um, to an extent. But yeah, it's always it's always fun to see um a rivalry game on Thanksgiving weekend. So we'll see what happens. Did I did I hear some uh Shade thrown at the land get land grant trophy. My uncle could have made that in his garage, so I I don't appreciate that. No, um, it's not, not, but you're but you're tro- right. The trophy is trophy, but I just think Penn State and Michigan State was kind of a forced rivalry by the Big Ten. That's all I was trying to say there. Yeah, it's it's natural. You know, the two first two land grant institutions in the country going to go after it. It's a natural rivalry, but yeah, definitely a bit forced. But you hit the nail on the head. It's going to be advantage Penn State. They're not out in the weather. Um, it's going to be in an NFL stadium and it's, it's going to be on black Friday. It's, it's not going to be on a Saturday. It's going to be a primetime game on NBC, but it's going to be 72 degrees inside Ford field, no weather to deal with. And being on black Friday, there's probably going to be a lot of extra tickets available, especially on the secondary market. And, you know, if Penn Staters, it's only, it's only what an eight hour drive from state college over to Detroit. So yep. quick, quick hop, skipping a jump from state college. But I mean, a lot of kids could be home for Thanksgiving. They're going to be in Ohio, Western PA to drive from Philly would probably be a little bit far, but you know, you do have the big alumni base, like you mentioned in Detroit and um, Chicago too. So that's not too far on the other side of Detroit from the other way. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Peyton Thorne will not be at the helm for Michigan state kind of still have a question mark and who's going to be a quarterback class uh, for the Spartans at the end of the end of the year. Um, he's transferred on to Auburn and looks like Michigan state is a three-way battle for quarterback between a three-star from the 2020 recruiting class, Noah Kim. And then they have a redshirt freshman named Caden Hauser, who is the number 11 quarterback in the 2022 class. The same class as Drew Aller was the number one in. And then you've got uh, Sam Levitt from, or Sean Levitt from the number 18 quarterback in the 2023 class. So there's two four-stars in Hauser and Levitt. And then Noah Kim was a three-star. He Kim does have seniority as being the redshirt junior, but, I, I think it is probably going to go to Hauser. I'm, I'm not too deep on that, but yeah, Penn State's going to have the better team and we'll see how we go towards last game, last game of the regular season. There could be a lot on the line for Penn State where it's going to be show up. Hopefully your belly's not full of turkey and you're not still sleepy. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't really know what Michigan State's going to do because they've been, I would call Michigan State the most erratic program in the Big Ten, I think. 
you know, 2020, they were awful. 2021, they were very good, good enough to where they paid Mel Tucker a billion dollars to stay on as head coach. And then last year, they stunk again. So you don't know what you're going to get with Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's a team that has relied on the transfer portal heavily. Obviously, Kenneth Walker ended up being a great player for them to transfer from Wake Forest running back two years ago. But yeah, we'll see um, who can replace Payton for in a quarterback. Uh, we'll see what their transfers do. And, you know, it's been a pretty up and down program. And based on history, this year would say they're due to be up. But at the same time, based on the roster that they have, where they're predicted to be, I don't see much evidence that Michigan State is going to be anything special this season. But the last game of the year is a great chance for a team to play a spoiler. And Michigan State could have spoiled Penn State's Rose Bowl chances last year in Happy Valley. And that was a close game. It was a five-point game within the last five minutes. Penn State ended up pulling away and winning by 19, 35-16, I think the final score was. But, uh, yeah, it's got to be a day where Penn State's going to be careful. But, you know, if you're playing for a spot in the Big Ten Championship game and – on the college football playoff, as I think those two go hand in hand, it's hard to see Penn State showing up at anything less than its best. So, yeah, and you talk about relying on the transfer portal. I think they had Michigan State has 15 transfer portal commits this year. Um, they're fourth in the Big Ten overall in recruiting, so they they, they have tried to revitalize the roster. Um, but I think this Penn State team is going to be. We'll get to this in the second segment on you know how we think the season's going to go and what to watch for, but. Man, this Penn State team is probably going to be a top five, seven team in the country coming into this week, depending on how the how the games go between Ohio State and Michigan. And if you're a top five or seven team, you you can't be farting around with probably a team that's going to be ranked in the mid 30s theoretically. Um, I I agree with you. I think Mi- Michigan State and Wisconsin are very similar programs to me. Um, they get like one year of like really hot, and then they just go into ambiguity for the next few. So, um. I, this should be a year that they come out of ambiguity. I just don't see it happening for them. So, all right, uh, let's go on over to the second segment. We're going to preview, uh, give you, give you some predictions for our Penn state season and, uh, the college football season as a whole. So we'll catch you after the short break on the lashing out podcast on the new sports now network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast with Nittany Sports Now Network. I'm Kevin. He's Jared. He's Joe. Jared's off this week. Joe, the most probably anticipated season for Penn State football since 2017. We probably have more expectations for this program this year than we did back then. I mean, Drew Aller, five-star recruit. Trace McSorley was a three-star recruit. So just looking at the quarterback, the the level of expectations that much higher. Where do you see Penn State ending up this this year in the in the record books? I'm gonna say that they're gonna go eleven and one, and I think they're gonna beat one of Ohio State or Michigan. Um, Which one? I I wrestle with myself on which one because yeah, I if you I absolutely had to pick, and I guess I, I do since that's the purpose of this segment, but. I will say that they beat Michigan at home, lose to Ohio State on the road. And that's, I think they match up worse with Michigan. I really do. And I think we saw that last year. You know, Michigan ran all over Penn State, won by 
uh, 24. And then Ohio State, Penn State was up with nine minutes to go. And obviously the turnovers hurt and Ohio State ended up going away. But Penn State definitely played Ohio State tighter than they played Michigan uh, last season. Um, and I, I'm not 100% confident which one they'll beat this year. I feel like they got to beat one. They can't keep going 11-2 and two forever. They've gone exactly 11-2 and two four times in the past seven years under James Franklin. If there's another school in America that's had that exact record in four of the past seven years, I'd like to know. I don't believe there is, and the list is short. If there is another school that's gone 11-2 and two four times in seven years. So I think they're due for something else. I think this team is too good to – do anything worse than 10 wins in the regular season. Um, But yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident they're going to be one of Ohio State or Michigan. And if I had to say, you know, home field advantage is a big deal, especially when you play in a place like Beaver Stadium, I think having Michigan at home is a good setup uh, for a win. Um, Just as playing in Columbus is obviously favors Ohio State. So I think that's, I think that's a tie. Yeah. And I agree. Um, Jared actually, you know, Jared agrees with you fully. Jared has Penn State at eleven and one, losing yeah. in Columbus to Ohio State. I I'm gonna or losing in yeah losing in Columbus to Ohio State, beating Michigan at home. I'm gonna go opposite of you guys. They're eleven and one. Yes, I think they go into Columbus and win. This is the year to beat Ohio State in Columbus, and then you see what happens against Michigan. The more I think about it, the more I think it could be twelve and zero. But man, I'm not ready for that hot take train. Um, the last two times prior before or two of the last three times they've been to been to the big the big house it's 42 to 7 41 17 after the 42 to 7 in 2018 in 2019 they got michigan at home they won they won on the road at michigan in 2020 last year they lost 42 to 17 or 41 to 17 so penn state has shown that they can bounce back against michigan they show that they play them a lot better at home uh, I don't know. I just don't know if Penn State can stop Blake Corum, uh, in the running game. So we'll see. I I think we're all on the consensus of eleven and one, but I think we're all split on one and one, and split on who is gonna who's the loss gonna be. So Michigan is late in the season, so who knows how Blake Corum is holding up at the end? He last year he got that little knee injury, so you know maybe they do go twelve and zero, and we're talking. We're talking actually final four. So let's lead into it. Who's who's your final four with Penn State going eleven and one and losing to Ohio State? All right. So my guess is that all three of us, and I don't want to speak for Jared too much because he's not here, but all three of us would assume that if Penn State goes eleven and one, there's a good chance they're in the Big Ten title game. Well, I don't know, because if you have them losing to Michigan, you probably have Michigan going undefeated, right? So they'll be in the Big Ten championship game, and that kind of convolutes Penn State's college football playoff chances and makes it complicated, because it's, it's hard. I don't think too many teams have gone to the playoff without going to their conference title game. Ohio State's done it twice. But Alabama does it every freaking year. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, but that, that's my point, though, is Ohio State and Alabama are two teams that are going to get love and going to get kind of a nudge from the playoff committee. I don't know if Penn State gets that type of nudge. Um, Georgia, same thing a few years ago when they got carded up by Bryce Young in the SEC title game, ended up making the playoff anyway. So if Penn State isn't in the Big Ten championship game, I don't know what the playoffs going to do. I think if Penn State does make the Big Ten championship game, I think 
I think they'll beat whoever comes out of the Big Ten West because, like, the West is just bad. Like, I can't see any Big Ten West opponent beating Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan in Indianapolis. I just don't see that happening. So, I think if, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, Penn State will beat Michigan, loser Ohio State, but Michigan beats Ohio State. We kind of get what we had in 2016. But the reverse of it, when Ohio, Penn State needed Ohio State to beat Michigan, this year, if it goes the way I think it will for the first 11 games, Penn State will need Michigan to get the job done at home against Ohio State. Michigan gets the job done. Penn State beats Michigan State, gets to the Big Ten title game, uh, plays, I don't know, we'll just say it's Iowa wins the Big Ten West. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I, Iowa, I Illinois, I think. Team being too great out of the West. Yeah, one of those two teams. I think Penn State beats either one of those teams on a neutral side. So if Penn State goes 12-1, they'll be in the college football playoff. And I... I think in 11 and one Michigan makes the playoff too. They'll sneak in as that second big 10 team, kind of like how Ohio State did last year. The other two teams, Georgia's probably the best team in the country. They'll make it out of the sec. And then because USC has an easy road, I don't see them having any problem winning the pack 12. I think Lincoln Riley knows how to get to the playoff. He got there twice at Oklahoma. He, would have gone there last year if they didn't um, cough it up against Utah in the Pac-12 title game, which ended up getting Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Um, so I think USC has a good chance of going undefeated, and I think they make the playoff if that happens. So I'll say my final four is two Big Ten teams, Michigan, Penn State, then the Monster in Georgia, two-time defending champs, and USC sneaks in because the schedule plays to their favorite, to their favorite excuse me, and they go undefeated, so. All right. Uh, let's see. Jared has his final four is Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Penn State. So two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams. That would be uh, an unprecedented way to end the final four that it is in college football. Who do I have? I think Georgia's in. Carson back, I don't think we'll have any problems taking over that offense. The defense is going to be – their defense is going to be number yeah, one in the country. Off, uh, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for Georgia. Like, no. I just don't think it does. Like The I, roster. I, I said, right. said, said it, like, I have not seen a single list of college football teams where Georgia's not number one. Whether it's five-star players, All-Americans, projected first-round picks, whatever. Georgia is always number one, so they're, they're just a machine. Yeah, and Georgia does not have to play Alabama until the SEC championship game. So they don't have to worry about playing them twice. So Georgia, no matter what, I think is 12 and 0 or probably 13 and 0 and in. I think I think a surprise team this year is going to be Clemson. I'm not saying that just cuz I went there, but Cade Klubnick looked sweet last year. They have FSU, it looks like their fourth game of the year, so who knows what that's going to do, but I think if they get past Florida State, um they're going to be smooth sailing. They have a Notre Dame matchup. That could be huge. I mean, that's a quality win. And then they've got North Carolina late in the season, um, November 18th. So I think it's going to be Georgia Clemson. If USC, USC's schedule isn't, isn't terrible. They also have Notre Dame, I believe, right before Clemson gets to them. So that plays in Clemson's hand. Utah, I don't think is, I think Utah's overranked. I mean, we, we, we don't even touch on the preseason top 25, and I think for good reason because it's all bogus. But Washington and then at Oregon, then finish off the season against UCLA. So I think USC's number three. 
And number four is, uh, I think it's probably going to be Alabama. I think Penn State will just miss at number miss at number five. Michigan's probably going to go undefeated. You can't keep them out. Penn State's going to have that one loss to Michigan, and Alabama's going to have one loss to Georgia. And the committee's going to rank Georgia above Michigan, so Alabama's quality loss in a title game to Georgia versus Penn State's loss in a home game in Happy Valley late in the season. I think I think is ultimately the price that they pay, and you're going to get. I hate to say it, but you're going to get the SEC bias. You're going to get the Nick Saban push into the playoff in Alabama. People love to hate Alabama. Alabama sells on the ratings for ESPN, so it'd be silly for them to not put them in. So, yeah, I'm going to go Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, or I guess Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama. Penn State number five on the outside looking in again. Yep. Uh, it's definitely possible. Because yeah, that's a good point, Kevin. You mentioned Penn State is not going to be a team that gets a favor from the committee. I don't think Penn State is going to get in over, you know, one of the teams you mentioned, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, whatever. So they got to earn it. And I think that going 12-1 and with a Big Ten championship would be enough, but maybe it wouldn't be. I, that's not a guarantee. If Penn State was the brand, and not that Penn State isn't a big brand, because they obviously are, but if they were the brand, that you know Alabama has been over the past 15 years Georgia or even closer to home over Ohio State I think they'd have a much better uh, chance of uh, getting the benefit of the doubt but as we saw in 2016 that just nothing's ever guaranteed and winning a conference title does not guarantee a thing so yeah and who knows how the the three-way all three uh, big big 10 East teams have one one loss who knows how that tiebreaker works I I think you're down to the fifth tiebreaker at that point in time. And I can tell you, I'm not well-versed in that. So it's going to be like win record of common or win record against common opponents. And then the common opponents win percentage and all this other crap. Or I think it's win percentage of the big 10 West teams that you play or something like that. So who knows how the heck that would happen. And um, we'll get to other things that we don't know on the third segment of lashing out podcast on the Disney sports now network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Indy Sports Now Network. I'm Kevin. He's Joe. We're going to talk things that we're going to make more predictions on. Mr. Smeltzer, who has your Heisman Trophy? Who's going to be lifting that trophy up in New York? I'm going to say Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, that's um, maybe a bit of a hot take because obviously the quarterback is always going to, you know, the guy that's getting the most predictions, whether that's Kale Williams or Drake May, but I don't see uh there's a reason, there's multiple reasons, but one of the reasons I think nobody's repeated as a Heisman winner since Archie Griffin did it in 74, 75 is that when you're um a defending Heisman winner, voters I think are looking for reasons not to vote for that guy as opposed to reasons to vote for him. So unless Caleb Williams has like the greatest year of all time, I don't see him doing it. I don't see Drake May doing it because I don't know how good Carolina is going to be. Uh, it's hard to see a guy playing on a team that's nine and three winning the Heisman. But I think, you know, Harrison's the best receiver we've seen in college football in uh, quite some time. And 
if any receiver is going to do it, uh, we saw Devontae Smith did it a few years ago of Alabama. Um, I don't see why Harrison can't do it. And I think not only will he win the Heisman, but I think he's a good bet, uh, bet to go number one overall in the draft too. Man, that's that's sizzling. All right, let's look at the odds. Oh, Jared has uh, Caleb Williams. Uh, let's look at the odds. Caleb Williams plus five hundred. Jaden Daniels, I think that plus nine hundred. That is, that is, that's a reach. Yeah. Plus number two overall favorite for the Heisman is Jaden Daniels. That's Quinn Ewers. He got Penix Jr. in his twelfth season at Washington. Klubnik, JJ McCarthy. He ain't winning the damn thing. Jordan Travis, I think, is interesting. Jordan Travis gets that win over Clemson early in the season, and then Florida State becomes the team that runs the table in the ACC. That's that's intriguing. That's a name that started to get attention at the end of last year, and Florida State's going to have a better team than UNC. So I think Jordan Travis would be the one to watch for in the ACC. Cade Klubnik, only because he's a first-year starter. I don't think he's getting it. It takes two years to win the Heisman, and this is his first year of full-time college football. Sam Hartman, he ain't getting it done. Bo Nix, not a shot. Drake May at plus 1,800. You and I, we're on the same page. I don't think UNC's good enough for him to win. Carson Beck at Georgia. Again, he's going to fall on the Cade Klubnik plus the Georgia quarterback. Man, the, the rest of the team around him, like you said, is going to get all the credit because that team is so stacked, and it's his first year starting. Kyle McCord for a quarterback from Ohio State has the same odds as Marvin Harrison Jr., so good, good call on that one. Um, but again, first year starter, not going to win it. Drew Aller, love the man, but uh, that ain't happening. No. And then Joe Joe Milton at, at uh, Tennessee. So you got a lot of guys. I mean, the Heisman Trophy race next year could be crazy. Um, but yeah, Caleb Williams, I think, is going to be the favorite. It, it's going to be hard for him to go back to back. But looking at USC schedule, if they run it, if USC is one loss, Maybe to Notre Dame in early mid October. I don't know what I don't know what Oregon's going to look like this year, but if USC, if USC is eleven and one or twelve and zero at the end of the regular season, I think it's his to lose. No matter how much the committee wants to wants to take it from him, um, I, I think I hate to say it because I. I absolutely hate USC. This is this is not an unbiased podcast. I will tell you that I hate USC with a burning passion, for no other reason than it's than it's USC. Almost slipped there, um, but yeah, I th- I think Caleb Williams goes back to back. Uh, let's see what else we got. What's who's your surprise team this year, Joe? Hmm. Well, here let's let's run down the preseason top ten, and I don't know if you can call any of these surprise, but there is one team up there who I'm I'm anxious to see. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama wraps up at four. LSU, LSU, USC, Penn State, Florida State at eight, Clemson, and Washington. Who's the team in the top ten you're most intrigued by? Not named Penn State, obviously. Uh, by default, I guess Washington. Like, I'm on the... That's Go ahead. Sorry, finish that thought. No, I'm just saying Washington's the only team I could think of in that list that really kind of like jumps out. I know they had a very good season last year under a first-year head coach too, but uh, yeah, that Penix is a baller. Um, Penn State fans don't like him for the pylon play, but he's very good. The Pac-12 is not very good. Both of those things can play to Washington's advantage. And uh, yeah, I think they're pretty intriguing in the top 10. I think Florida State is as well, so. 
Uh, that's where I'm looking at. I just pulled up their schedule. They've got LSU to start. That's a that's a massive win if they get that thing done. Is that neutral site? Uh, yeah, Camping World Stadium. So that's would be a neutral site. Technically a home game. It'd be a home game geographically for them, but technically, and it is a home game on their schedule, but they'll claim it's neutral site. You got Clemson at the end of September, and that's it. There's no other preseason ranked teams on their schedule. Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke, Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, kind of getting that SEC bye week in there, and at Florida for the, I forget, whatever, in-state rivalry, Florida. Florida and Florida State have. So I'm really looking there. I think Jordan Travis is, I think he's the quarterback to watch for this year. Um, 3,200 yards last year, 24 to 5 touchdown interception ratio last last season. 3,200 yards. I think I said that already. I mean, 3,200 yards in 12 games is an impressive accomplishment. So, yeah, I, I Florida State's my season to watch, is my team to watch. They're, they could be. Penn State's eleven and one at the end of the season. Florida State could also be eleven and one at the end of the season, and I think there's going to be a real competition for the five six, and maybe Clemson's in the playoff. We could get a Penn State Florida State Orange Bowl. The only time that's happened was the Joe Paul Bobby Bowen game in at the end of the two thousand five season when Kevin Kelly missed a bunch of kicks for Penn State but made the one that mattered to win it. Um, Penn State won the Orange Bowl. I was watching it as a seven-year-old, and, and then I stayed up uh, till probably a little past midnight, which I was seven years old, so midnight's very late. Ended up staying home from school the next day, and then I watched what I still think is the greatest college football game of all time in that Rose Bowl between Texas and USC with uh, Vince Young. So, All right, lots to look forward to. We'll be back on Wednesday with a West Virginia game. We're there. Actually, you know, one thing before we go. Notre Dame Navy this weekend. Game in Dublin. The site of uh, James Franklin's first ever Penn State game. And Navy and Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, are going to take fight in the uh, in Dublin. That'll be 2.30 Eastern yep. on Peacock. So just a heads up. If you're itching for some college football, you're listening to this. Season start, the season's here, Joe. But we'll be back next week. Yeah. Wednesday. West Virginia preview. The football season is upon us. I'm sure everybody over at NSN will have a season preview article out at some point in time this week, maybe next. And uh, Joe, we made it through the off season. It was a long one, but we made it. So for Joe, this has been Kevin on the Lashing Out Podcast and Nittany Sports Now Network. We thank you as always for listening. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, share it with your friends, share it with your coworkers at the water cooler or whatever. Catch you again next week.